is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. In over the line, Sagan to Ben in front. Backhander score. J.B. Ben is off the schneid. And Dallas completes the comeback. 5-4 in overtime. There's your winner this afternoon at Rogers Place. Jamie Benn getting his second goal of the season. And the Stars come from behind. Edmonton led it 4-2 after two. Huge push by Dallas in the third. Tyler Sagan finally tied it with a minute 49 to go. And then Ben the winner in overtime. The only shot on net in OT. So the Oilers drop to 13-6-3 on the season with the single point. Dallas up to 11-8-2. You really divide their season so far into two, though. They started 1-7-1. and one. Since then, they're 10-1-1. One, and one. and they, you, they've won games a lot of different ways, generally by goal prevention. But tonight, they, they needed to outscore the Oilers, and they were able to figure it out. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. It's 5.05 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, presented by Heartland Fort. Rob, the Oilers were up 4-2 after the second period probably one of their top three or four periods of the year and I said to you how do they finish it off and you said they got to keep pushing but you got to hand it to Dallas they didn't give the Oilers a chance to get anything going you know Dallas is a good hockey club we talked about it before the game to me I think Dallas is exactly like San Jose they're an elite team they got off to a slow start but they're going to be playoff teams at the end of the year and we saw that tonight Dallas uh, never panicked. Uh, you know, they had they had a couple good chances in the third period that they didn't score, and they hit a post, they put a couple pucks through the goal crease, had a couple good opportunities that Koskinen big, made big saves on, but it didn't seem to affect them. They just kept pushing forward, and as you said, it, it's easier said than done. We said push forward as a, the Oilers. they got to keep creating things, keep going on the offense, don't sit back. But when the other team is just a little bit better than you at pushing forward, you get stuck in your own zone. That's what happened in the third period. There's always, I know that you talk about shot metrics a lot, where the team that's trailing is always going to out, usually outshoot the team. Well, Dallas is good. And what we saw tonight is they've added depth, but they added veteran depth. They added a Pavalski, who has been an oiler killer for a number of years. They added Corey Perry. Again, an oiler killer for a number of years. Guys that are on the back end of their career, but still know how to get it done at the end. And... Uh, another, the one guy that we talked to at the beginning of the, the game, Jamie Ben, who has had a slow, slow start to the season, which is scary for the rest of the league. The Dallas Stars are 10-1-1 in their last 12 games, and that's without Ben right. creating anything. Well, Ben tonight created, I thought he, I think he was the best player on the ice for the Dallas Stars. They made the goalie change, uh, and, it, and it worked for them, so... It's, it's a glass half full, half empty. Half full, the Oilers got a point on, uh, against a very good Dallas team that's playing well. The glass half empty is you got a two-goal lead on home ice. You yeah. should be able to bring that home. Well, and one thing we talk about a, a lot, and to me it applies to any sport, is show me a good team, and, and I'll show you a team that can probably recover when things don't, they don't go away in games. Mm-hmm. They might be discouraged. They might be behind but they, they figure out a way to get something out of the game or at least make it interesting. That's generally been a strength for the Oilers this season. They've had some comeback wins. They've been resilient in a lot of games. Well, Dallas is outshot 19-10 in the second period. 
outscored two to one, pulls their goalie, like you said, on the road, end of a road trip where they'd already got five out of six points. So what did they do? They 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 said we got 20 minutes. Let's let's prove who we are. Let's prove why people before the season were picking us to finish first in the division or get this many points or go deep in the playoffs. And now the Oilers have to learn how to weather that. Absolutely, from mm-hmm. the from the half empty standpoint, but. You know, again, show me a good team. I'll show you a team that can recover, and that was Dallas today. Well, what we've seen in the National Hockey League, too, a a two-goal lead isn't what it was 15, 20 years ago. A two-goal lead is if we get one in the first 17 minutes of a period, we still have a couple minutes to pull our goalie and get a second goal. And that's what happened tonight. The the Dallas Stars kept pushing. They, They finally got their opportunity, and and they once they capitalized then they they smelled blood and teams and it's funny people are gonna we're gonna get call in tonight well you know the the Oilers they 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 shouldn't have backed off they shouldn't have sat back they're waiting for the clock to end but we've seen that a number of times where the Oilers have done that this year to good teams as well when a team starts rolling when they start feeling it the confidence just goes sky high and the team that's defending all of a sudden you just, it gets harder and harder to push forward and once you start to, to to lose that offensive edge, once you start playing too much in your own zone, even when you go into overtime, it's hard to get it going back the other way. And we saw that in overtime. The, the faceoff was won by the Dallas Stars, and they really never relinquished the, 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 the puck for the remainder of, of the game. So it was a lesson. It was a lesson that you got with a point in the bank which which is good but it's something that you're going to say okay here's here's what we saw tonight here's what we have to correct here's what we have to do better going forward uh and you the oilers lost to to me one of the elite teams in the national hockey league and it was a a game where you tested yourself against one of the best and the oilers are going to be a little disappointed the way it ended yeah absolutely 5-4 dallas takes it in overtime A, a lot of good plays a lot of good goaltending in a game with, with nine goals against. Even Bishop, before he was pulled, had made a, a couple of good saves. And there, there were, I still think, a lot of positives for the Oilers in this game. And the penalty kill continues to excel two for two tonight. The Oilers have killed off 20 straight minor penalties. Well, that's one of the, the keys to their success going forward here. I mean, the Oilers are where they are in the standings based on the play of two players up front, great goaltending, and their penalty kill. Uh, last year they had terrible penalty kill, terrible goaltending. And they've corrected those two things this year. And they're getting points in games that they probably shouldn't have. And they're winning games because their penalty killing has given them the boost that they needed. Uh, you know, another great night by guys in the bottom six who got it done. Maybe not a- as much on the score sheet, but certainly in changing momentum in the game. And at times it did change momentum in the game because their penalty killing was that good. All right, Stars take it 5-4 in OT, coming back from a two-goal deficit in the third. Let's hear from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett, courtesy of GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Bryce out of play, McDavid, 27. Dave, can you talk about the play of uh, the line with Shane and, and Kara? That was Kara's best game, would you say? Yeah, I mean they're they're a big solid line in a game like that. Where it was, uh, it's kind of funny how it turns out because if you would ask me what was what I thought the game was going to be like, it wouldn't be a five-four game. It'd be more like a two-one game coming in. I thought it was going to be a real competitive game that uh, every play counts and it's it's a real tight game. So a line like that can flourish in a game. 
in a game that's a 2-1 game, but they had to flourish in a 5-4 game. You know, so uh, they were they were solid. We made some mistakes. Second period, we had the game going our way, and we we had a string of hope passes about six or seven that really turned some momentum their way. And uh, third period, we'd gone the whole game without taking a penalty. Usually that doesn't last through the third period. You knew that was going to happen, so we got on our heels and couldn't get it back. Dave Connor talked about how. You're leading by two in the third, kind of inexcusable to not win that game. Mm. They outshot you, I don't know what it was, 15 or 14 to 4. Was it just the momentum from the from the power play from the Stars, even though they didn't score on them? you got to go and make plays. Like, you're, you're under pressure. You know the other team's pushing. And we killed a couple penalties. We did a good job there. But you're under pressure. You know they're pushing. you got to make plays under pressure. We didn't make enough plays from below our goal line out. Clean plays. They get to the neutral zone. What happens, you get caught in a half-ice game where you're just... You're checking and you're staying in your end and then you get it out just far enough to change and then you're back in your end. And you just, you, you give the other team momentum and it's uh, eventually it ends up in the back of your net. And we had some coverage issues tonight. There's some things that we'd like to do a better job of covering, but, uh, but that's, they started pushing it in the third and, and we couldn't push back. Dave, you often talk about wanting to be a good team, not just a team that has a good month or a good week where does a game like this fit into that i think there were some real good parts of the game and some game there's some of that game that you can really use as a as a learning tool because we talked about before the game just like we just mentioned we that was going to be a tight game going to be a tight game and i have a saying i use all the time every play counts and every play could be a change it could be a, just a puck that has to get out it could be a play that instead of a hope play you just put it in the right area to live for another day or you you know it might be a, a face off that needs to be won or a, a penalty kill so every play counts and um, if you have the bigger percentage of plays in your favor you can usually win a game and tonight we tempted fate with that we gave away some of those plays that when you see and I'm just, you know, we're, we're in middle of November. I want us to recognize that in middle of March, when we're playing real hard games, those are plays that really count. You know, like we can, we'll use it as a learning tool right now, but middle of March, you're not going to have time to have learning tools. You've got to be a good team by then if you want to be a playoff team. So we're taking steps ahead. Like we, from where we were to where we are now, there's steps ahead. Like we're recognizing situations that I think are, are the good teams do, but now we just have to do it more. Dave, what have you thought of Archibald on the second line with Nugent Neal for the last few games? Added some good speed there. He's still doing a real good job of penalty killing. He's adding some good speed there. But, uh, you know, that line's been all right. They haven't generated much here, but they, the last game they generated some chances. Not much tonight, I don't think, but uh, but he gives them a little spark there, a little bit of speed that we were missing. Dave, how did you see the overtime winner? They got a second three players out. You hit. Yeah, we, and we had control of the puck. We could have changed. We changed the defenseman, and Leon Connor didn't change. Turned it over, and it went back the other way, so they couldn't change. But did it look to you like... Miko and, and Darnell got crossed up a little bit there. With yeah, it's a tight play. I, I think Miko thought he was just going to come down to Ben and, and shovel it at the net, and Ben's a good player. He makes a good play. When a team's been scoring a whole bunch of goals like you guys have, is maybe getting sloppy a byproduct of that, or is that... Uh, 
I hope not. I hope not. I, we can check a lot better. We can mullet tighter, just tighter when you're like the, the third goal is a good example. We're there, but we're not there, right? And that's, you know, you got, we got early pressure on it. The second layer is there. The third layer is kind of there, but the puck comes right through three layers and in the back of the net. So normally you'd like to think three layers, you can get the job done. We didn't. And you look at the, you know, the one uh, was one of the first period where they got Heisen in school right in the slot. We're there, but we're not there. So those are things we got to, without the puck, we got to work on. Uh, Dave, just to piggyback a little bit off of Matty's question there, uh, Koskinen, he, he blamed himself for the winning goal, and he, he seemed to take the loss pretty hard. What, what did you think of his play tonight? Did he take the loss on the breakaway he was stopping or the two-on-ones he was stopping in the second period? Yeah, I mean, I... When you lose, you lose as a team. That's that's the way it goes. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett after a 5-4 overtime loss to the Dallas Stars. Edmonton up 4-2 after two. Dallas ties it. Sagan with a minute 49 left. Ben wins it a minute 14 into overtime. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. Well, Tippett talking a lot there about recognizing situations and, and learning and really good point. If you get into March and you're fighting for a playoff spot, you don't have time to learn. You better have learned it by then. Well, and take it a little bit further. If the Oilers become a playoff team, uh, you have no time to learn at all in the playoffs because uh, mistakes made in the playoff cost you games, cost you series. Uh, there, there were, there were good parts about this game that the Oilers. Uh, I mean, the second period they dominated. They dominated a really good hockey club. Maybe could have been rewarded with more goals in the second period. But the one thing that you got to recognize is that good teams, and the Dallas Stars are a good team, they push back. The reason they're, they're good is they, they don't quit. They, they don't, uh, you know, they fall behind. It's not like, okay, the game's over, we'll worry about the next one. They, they battle. They stay in every game. They give themselves a chance, and they've got enough goal scorers on that team to create things to get them back in hockey games. So uh, there were... The mistakes that were made tonight weren't through a lack of, of skill or a lack of ability by the others. They were just mistakes that can be cleaned up, and I think that's the good thing. They weren't outclassed by a Dallas team, but they just made the Oilers made one mistake more than Dallas did, and because of that, they only got one point instead of two. So 5-4 for Dallas. That means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from Ascended Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascended Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. And I want to remind everybody that if you're looking to donate to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, you can uh, do so. The drop-off boxes are set up in major shopping centers, Superstore, Costco, Ikea, Toys R Us, Canadian Tire, santasanonymous.ca if you want more information or if you'd like to make a uh, monetary donation as well. We're so proud to be uh, the driving force behind Santa's Anonymous. And it is that time of year where I know a couple of friends already have asked me, like, hey, when can I drop off? When can I donate? Well, the boxes are out there. You can come drop something off at 630 Shed. You've seen our reception have, area yes. at Christmas time. It, it, it's incredible. Uh, when you go in there right now, so we do the games, obviously, from 630 Shed. There's a huge box. When you come in to your right, there's another room that's full of presents. It just makes you feel good knowing that there's people out there trying to help and make other people's Christmas that much better. You can give us a call or text 780-496-0063. Remember, it is now the same number to both call and text us. We're happy to hear from you. Were you surprised Bishop was pulled? Now, even, even before we consider the, the quality of the goals, it, it, it's 3-2. Often in a game where you're still in it, 
coaches are reluctant to make a change, but Montgomery made the pull there. Uh, he did, and again, I I found no fault on Bishop on the goal that, that eventually got pulled on. That was a, a, a tough shot, a great play by Kara, uh, using the defenseman as a screen. Um, sometimes coaches do it simply to change the, the momentum in a game, to slow the game down, to send a message to his team. This isn't, uh, you, what you're saying to the, the team is, you know what, I'm pulling a goalie. It's not his fault, but you've given him no support. And I want you guys to realize he's coming to sit on the bench because you guys haven't been good enough. And I think that was the kind of pull it was. Uh, when you've got two quality goaltenders that the Dallas Stars have, it's easy for a coach to make that decision. And the Dallas Stars became a better team after that. And, the, I mean, they got quality goaltending the rest of the game. So uh, it's one of those things when it works out, coach looks like a genius when it doesn't work out well the coach is a jerk and he never should have done it let's hear from jim montgomery stars coach courtesy bdo first call debt solutions bankruptcies and consumer proposals license insolvency trustees what, what changed in the third period uh well i thought i really liked our first period um our second period we just turned the puck over too much, you know. We didn't put pucks to the goal line. We were trying to be cute and it fed their transition, and it's why we took too many penalties. Third period, we got pucks in. We went to work on the forecheck. We started skating and finishing, and we built momentum, and we drew. I don't know if it was two or three, but power plays. Is it a relief for you to see Jamie score at the end there? Well, uh, it's a relief because he's got rewarded for the past three games where I think he's been a stud, and Seggy's been a stud, and, you know, for them to... They get the goals at the big moments like they've done their whole career. Like we said, it was just a matter of time before that tide would turn. What was the thinking in, in pulling Ben? thought he was, you know, just a little bit off. And, you know, we have two great goalies, so, you know, what do you call one in and helped us win a game. What does it mean for you to be able to win a game in this style? They were all over you, but you also played pretty good defense at times, too. So it's just a back and forth of doing this a little bit different than you've done it for the past eight or nine games. Well, we think we can win games. I actually said before the game, it would be nice for us to win a game, 6-4 or 5-4, and that's what matriculated. But we feel the way we've played, especially here in these last ten games, we haven't scored earlier like we did the last three games, but we felt we were getting those chances. And just a matter of time with the players we have that we'll even start to score more. Jim Montgomery, head coach of the Dallas Stars. Again, they are 10-1-1 since starting the season 1-7-1. Talk about, talk about a turnaround to get up to 11-8-2 on the season. And they're missing their all-world defenseman, uh, Klingberg, on the back. But how good... I mean, Klingberg is a great He's defenseman. excellent. He's an excellent defenseman. But how good... Haskin is, is Oh, my unreal. goodness gracious. Like he, he just... I, we watched another really young superstar in the making the other night in Colorado with um, McCarr. McCarr, yeah. Uh, and just how smooth he is, how confident he is. And that's what we saw again tonight. That's gonna, every time he got the puck, he just, he just... It was almost effortless how he moved up the ice and created plays and made plays and... He had four or five quality scoring chances himself, and there's forwards that go a month without four or five quality scoring chances, let alone a defenseman that gets those in one game. This is a, a, a good hockey club that, as Jim Montgomery talked about, has been led not by their superstars in this resurgence, but tonight their superstars were good. Again, I Ben was excellent tonight. Yeah, I know he scored the winning goal, and I know that uh, we heard um, in, in the interview with Dave Tippett how Koskinen was taking blame on that goal, but... That's Jamie Benn with time. 
This is a guy that's won the scoring titles, been in the top three a couple times. Like, this is a, a, a great hockey player that had time and space to make a play, and he made a fantastic play. I don't, I don't think Koskinen has a chance on that. You put any superstar down there with time, he's going to score a goal. If he is like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna, what am I going to do here? Make a decision and be able to think about it. So it was a wonderful play. They had a three-on-two, and they had a three-on-two with the right guys. They had Sagan and Bennett with the pucks on their stick. They were going to make the, the others pay, and, and they did. Full 15-game schedule today in the NHL as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to Edmonton Trailer. Com. Bunch of games here in the first 10 minutes of the first period. Capitals and Bruins scoreless. Rangers and Panthers 1-1. Philly up 1-0 on the Islanders. Leafs and Penguins no score. Senators and Sabres scoreless. Devils and Canadians scoreless. Finals from earlier. Hurricanes beat the Wild 4-3 in overtime. The Kings knock off the Golden Knights 4-3. The Coyotes shut out Calgary 3-0. The Jets beat the Lightning 4-3. And a few more games coming up later on tonight. Tomorrow morning on 6.30, Chad, 9.30 countdown to kickoff. 11 o'clock for the kickoff. Eskimos at Hamilton in the East Final. We had a patron here in Studio 99 come up and say hi. He was ready to go. Oilers jersey, Eskimos hat. So he's he's ready for the it's weekend. Big, it's a big game tomorrow, right? I'm not a big. Uh, it's, it's a big. You game. lose, your season is over. Oh, that sucks. But they already well, Eskimos already won one of those. Last they they did, and they got a quarterback that started the game 22 of 22 last game. Yes. So hopefully he can find a little more magic tomorrow against. It's that green team they're playing, isn't it? Who are they playing tomorrow? Oh Hamilton. no, they're playing Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton. that's right. They're out east. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the they got crossed over to the east. And I read that it's a sellout in Hamilton too. Yes, it good, is. Good atmosphere. So good good for the Eskies. Oilers lose 5-4 in overtime. Start come back to win it. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, like they did a couple of days ago, we turn on the goal light on 630chet.com slash Oilers. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village AAA steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. Okay. Texting uh, 630, 630. Uh, Deepak texting in from Toronto. He says, disappointing loss. Uh, it's a good team trait to learn on how to grind and protect the lead. It will serve the Oilers in the playoffs. And Deepak adds, go S, go. Rob says, uh, to you, Rob, says that a lot of uh, lazy mistakes by Leon and Connor. They're one of their worst defensive games ever. Um, I'm sure there's things in their game they would like to have cleaned up. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have a hard time finding a whole lot of fault in Leon and Connor most nights. Uh, there's probably a couple mistakes that they would prefer that they had handled differently, but I guess it just shows they're human. They're, <laughs> they're human, and they still had three and two points. They still had five points between them, so I, I'm, I, I can't be too critical on their evening. Well, usually offensive players aren't as thorough defensively as, as other players. That's, that's a good way of putting it, thorough. So, I, I mean, like that. And just like defensive players aren't thorough offensively as the offensive players. Um, I mean, at the end of the night, the the winning goal, I have nothing against what Leon. Leon took the right guy. Unfortunately, it was a three-on-two. Someone's going to be end up wide open. Um, Then the other, there was a couple earlier. I mean, the one in front of the net, Leon was in the right. I think that was what Dave Tippett was talking about, the third layer. We had guys that were close to being in the right spot. And Leon, that was the third goal, I think, that was scored by Como. Leo was close to him but he wasn't completely in the right spot. And any player in the National Hockey League has a little bit of space in front of the net is going to make you pay. Jujar Kara scored twice tonight. He was the first star. 
Connor McDavid, the second star. Haskinen, who we talked about, the third star. Rob and I always give it a fourth star for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective. With thousands of personalization options, visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought Josh Archibald checked pretty hard tonight. It was a little bit of a pest. Got credited with six hits. I know he's looking to uh, to bring more points, but I'll, I'll hand him fourth star tonight. He was good, and Riley Shan also uh, a strong game. When you're a third-line guy again. and you peak, you're perfect in the PK and you're plus two, and we have not said that very often this year when you're a third-line guy being plus two, and he was, and he was 60% in the face-off circle. Another strong game for Cheyenne and Archibald, who are PK partners. Oilers on the power play themselves tonight went one for three. Ethan Bear with a nice power play goal. Last one the Oilers scored tonight. He snuck down low late in the second period and scored. And uh, as we mentioned, Oilers two for two on the penalty kill. Uh, Just the five minor penalties in the game. There was almost a fight. Darnell Nurse and Corey Perry were (laughs) eyeing each other up. No, there was not almost a fight. Darnell Nurse wanted to fight. Well, that's half half of something. There was (laughs) zero chance. Zero chance that Corey Perry was going to fight. Now, Corey Perry... As, as good an agitator in the National Hockey League. And, and, and I know it, it sounds bad, but I'm a huge Corey Perry fan. And I am a Corey Perry fan from the times that he's represented Canada in international events. He is a great hockey player. He's had a great hockey career. Uh, he, but he's a guy that uh, opponents can't stand because right. he just he's abrasive and he just rubs you and rubs you and rubs you. But there, Darnell was there. Darnell talked to him. Darnell probably offered him the opportunity to drop his gloves. But there was absolutely zero chance that Corey Perry was going to drop the gloves with Darnell Nurse, and that would have been the smartest thing that he did all night. Because you do not want, if you're or if you're Corey Perry, to fight Darnell, to fight Darnell Nurse, you ain't going to win. All right, we got to take a quick time out here for the news and weather. The Oilers drop a 5-4 overtime decision to the Dallas Stars. Edmonton's record on the season now 13-6-3. We are live in Studio 99. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, Oilers lose 5-4 in overtime to the Dallas Stars. Jamie Benn scoring the game winner. The Oilers cannot preserve a 4-2 lead that they had going into the third. All Dallas in the third period out shooting Edmonton 15-4. You can get us at 780-496-0063. My goodness, he's starting his Saturday night with a call to overtime open line. It's JP on the phone. Hello, JP. Got it underway at about 11 today. I had the engine fired up already. I don't know what you're talking. I'm six hours into this day already, at least. But let's okay. get down. Let's get down to brass tacks, you guys. I was gonna. I was listening to the phone this whole time. I listened to the Tippett interview. And first off, Dave Tippett. I'm telling you right now, I have to have a ride with this guy before I go in this world. This guy is a man, hands down. But let's get down to brass tacks. I wanted to phone you guys, and uh, I want to uh, be negative Nancy on this call about Connor, a couple mistakes tonight. But you know what? I'm not doing this. Let's focus on good things. We got the Eskimo tomorrow. They're going to win. Then let's go back to the Oiler. I'm telling you right now, two guys tonight, in my opinion. Two guys. Jujar is finally here back. I love this. I love the energy from the Jujar and the Arshibal. 
I actually bowled tonight. It was uh, like a pit bowl. I released from the cage. It was a feisty one. I like this. I had to do a lot of passion. I love the passion of uh, Archibald. Let's get focused tomorrow, you guys. Forget the loss. This is us. I'll have a ride. I'll get over it in no time. Ask them all tomorrow. I'll fire up the engine again tomorrow at around 11 again. Reed, Rob, thank you. And Rob, I still need your autograph. It's been a long time. <laughs> That's a good point. That's why have you never provided him with an autograph, I have, I have not seen him. I will, I will sit and have a rye with him. Oh, he wants an autograph. He no, wants he, to have a rye with Dave Tippett. He wants an autograph Tell you what, you. if he wants an autograph, we have to have a rye. <laughs> and then we're all good. I didn't know that a lot of the Oilers players, their middle name must be The. The Archibald, <laughs> the Kara. <laughs> it makes hey, them sound like they makes really makes them stand out. The Archibald. We haven't had we haven't had uh, JP in a while. It's good to hear from him. Again. Oh, he picks his spots. It's good. Well, it well it's, uh, he's good on the early games, but at this time of night on the late <laughs> games, he's had a few too many bottles. Well, I think sometimes he like kind of bounces back though, because then he's getting ready for some more late night indulgement. I think, he, I think he indulges, <laughs> and we don't judge. No, it's fine. It's fine. He's having a good weekend, and he's, he's ready for the Eskimos game tomorrow, as, uh, as a lot of people are, so that's uh, that's very good as well. 780-496-0063. Well, we also have uh, Nick on the line. Nick, you, you got to follow JP, and I know you're going to do a great job. What's on your mind? Uh, okay, so I'm definitely uh, – I want to bring up the fact you guys were talking about Klingberg. Um you know, being a force on the back end that they're missing. Um, but I definitely noticed in the third period when Dallas started asserting himself, having an Adam Larson would be, would definitely be a guy who could. Yeah, that's the No, you, you, you're absolutely right. Um, when Adam Larson, when they made the trade for Adam, these were moments that they were looking for him to, to take part in. When, uh, teams start pushing. They, they needed the, the shutdown guy, the guy that can play against the Bens, the Sagans, and, and stop cycles, stop the offensive onslaught. Uh, they certainly missed him. I, one day, a Bear may be uh, a stronger player than a Larson. But in certain situations right now, the inexperience of an Ethan Bear late in a hockey game uh, compared to a Larson... Uh, is noticeable, even even a nurse. I mean, Larson has been there. He's been there, done that. He knows what you need to do in a one-goal game with five minutes to go in the game. And that's something you can't teach. That's something you have to experience. So I, I agree. Uh, a Larson was, was certainly missed in a game like tonight. Nick, you still, you still there? Nick has moved on. That's okay. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Well, it sounds like Larson's pretty close. Um... Paris, Pearson has kind of become a guy they're taking a step back from. Caleb Jones called up. He's been playing. Yeah, well, it is funny. is when, when Larson went down with his injury, I know that the Oilers fans are, around northern Alberta had this big oh-no moment. They saw what happened last year when Clefbaum and Russell went down. Uh, the season went sideways. And... Larson, uh, projected by, by Dave Tippett to be a, a first-pairing shutdown defenseman with Nurse, when he went down with that injury, everyone's like, oh, no. Yeah, can the Oilers survive this? Now you're expecting a Bear to step in. You're expecting a Parison to, to be more than what they expected from the beginning of the season. And here we are uh, going into game 
22, I think it is, coming up against yep. San Jose, and the Oilers are 13 This six. was 22 today, yeah. Yeah, so Gort game the 13-6-3 on the season, and that's without one of their top-pairing defensemen out of the lineup. So uh, the Oilers have survived the loss of, of Larson, and now they're going to get him back relatively soon, and that just adds another dimension to the Edmonton Oilers. So, uh, yeah, the Oilers have done everything they needed to do with the loss of a, an important player, and when they get healthy, they're that much better a hockey team. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Well, I'll tell you what, Juju Kara has uh, not started the last three seasons well, but he's playing better here in the second month of the season. Two goals tonight. Here's Jujar, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Disappointing to obviously give up a few goals in the third like that. What do you think changed there in the third and what got away from you? Yeah, I think um, by then there we, we started chasing the puck um, more than just sticking to our game plan. Um, I thought, you know, the first two periods we played, we played well, I think. But by the end of it, I think, um, you know, they're a good team over there. It's a, it's a lesson for us to learn and, yeah. The comments there from Jujar Kara who got a couple of goals the first one kind of snuck past bishop not one you would expect to go in and then he got the third goal of the game long pass from clefbaum to get the play started mcdavid gets it into the zone drops to Kara. his wrist shot beats bishop and bishop was pulled after that all right 780-496-0063 we have andy standing by who is also going to finish the play andy but first uh give us your thought on the game uh yeah you know i enjoyed the game i didn't uh didn't enjoy the ending um but I called you guys to ask you guys a little question about the goalie rotation system. I've noticed something. Koskinen always seems to be better on the second game of his rotation. I, I know him a little bit from last year, and, and I'm thinking he's a guy that's just got to play a little bit more and just get a little warmed up and, and stay there. Smith seems to be a, a much better suited to the 2-2, two and two, but I, I just see Koskinen as a guy. What do you think, Rob? Would, would you play him like five, six, seven games in a row just to get him going and keep him going or what? Uh, they're never going to do that. They, they won't. Uh, Dave Tippett likes Smith. He likes both goalies. And he's not going to sit one goal. If you go six, seven in a row, that's, you know, that's three weeks. And he's not going to have one goal. He sit three weeks and then, then expect him to play. They've had success. I mean, they're, they're near the top of the conference, near the top of the National Hockey League. Both goalies have been playing well. It'd be really hard for him to change what he's been doing. I can tell you for a fact, you're right. All goaltenders would like to play more. And every goaltender will tell you, the more I play, the better I'll play. But until one goaltender falls off the edge of the earth and, and starts struggling when he gets his starts, they're going to continue to rotate these guys somewhere along the lines of two on, two off, because that doesn't allow for one to sit very long. Yeah, that's a, a good comment, Andy. And the goaltending rotation has been an interesting one to talk about. I'll tell you what, I, it, go, ch- Andy, when you, when you get home, it sounds like you might be driving or whatever, but take a look at Kostinen's game log and give us a buzz back. Uh, you know, in, in a game or two, because I, I he's been pretty good in some of his initial starts of the he's been good back all, to yeah. back too. He's been pretty good. Well, but what's his record now? Seven one and two. Seven one and two. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, there's there's not a lot of fault in what Koskinen's done because his year. shutout was the first of the two in a row, and his 49 saves against Philly was the was the first. But that's a good one, Andy. You made me you made me check back for sure. Well, I mean, and also, I mean, I, you and I, I, I know for me for sure, and I, I, I shouldn't speak for you. I probably would have went with Koskinen 
after Smith gave up six against San Jose. Yet Tippett came back with Smith, and Smith was, Smith's it was very good, good. So maybe Tippett does know what he's doing. <laughs> All right, Andy, you're going to finish the play. You already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-parked as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. What does Brett have here? Here's McDavid, lead pass, right-hand side, quick shot, save, rebound, score, Leon Dreisaitl, and Edmonton does gain a 2-1 lead. The Oilers, relentless, and it pays off with Dreisaitl's 16th of the year. All right, well, we'll make it easy for you today, Andy. Dreisaitl leads the NHL in scoring. Who's second? Connor McDavid. Yes, absolutely. Stay on the line. Uh, your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at a thousand bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting, Edmonton.com. Oilers lose 5 4 in overtime to the Dallas Stars. We'll get to a couple more phone calls, more reaction from the dressing rooms. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. That was misguided. Bennett couldn't hang on to it. Shot off the rush, Corianna. Rebound, and what a save on Kamano by Koskinen. How did he keep it out? Kamano had a tap in, and Koskinen was able to splay and use the full six foot seven for the denial. Outstanding stop by Koskinen in the first period, the save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, Be Wise, Winter Rise. Koskinen made a lot of good stops tonight. Bishop started for Dallas, got pulled. He, he made a couple of good saves, and then Hudobin was solid, also got an assist, and Dallas pulls out a 5 4 overtime win against the Oilers. Final shots 36 34 for Dallas, and just to show you how they took over. The shots were 30-20 for the Oilers after the second period, and then they get outshot 36-34. We have Maui Zach on the line. Maui Zach, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Hey, hey thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just had to make a comment there uh, on McDavid. Now, don't get me wrong. Love the guy. Wouldn't be, you know? Can cut him all kinds of slack. But he's still a kid, and if that's a playoff game on the tying goal, he just waves at that guy. He should be skating backwards, and then he's got a, a chance also on the eventual goal score. And I think he also also went a little light on, on goal number two there, too. So, I don't know. What do you think? Um, yeah, he's human. He makes mistakes. I agree. There was... Uh, I, I'm just thinking back. The, the overtime goal... If, if he gets back a, a half second earlier, breaks up uh, the play. Um, the offensive players are going to make mistakes in the defensive zone. They always do. All the great ones do. The, but, yeah, I, I'm not a whole lot I can say on that. Yeah, you're, you're right. He was on the ice. Uh, well, actually, that it was the same people on the ice for almost every goal tonight. Both, both sides. Yeah. I mean, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Cassian. Well, it's funny. We're on the ice for the last seven goals in the game out of the nine. Well, we get we have game sheets and six yeah six straight goals, you know, seven straight goals. Connor McDavid was on for yeah. seven straight goals. So three, four, and or three yeah three, four, and four against. Yeah, yeah. They will put it. That would be a high. What's the word? High activity. Yeah. Night for for Connor McDavid. Things happen when he was on the ice. All right. We also have Mike standing by. Mike, thanks a lot for calling. 
Hi guys, thanks uh, thanks for taking my phone call. I watched the game today and I thought the start was really nice. The Oilers were playing hard, they had the shots, they had the chances. Um, and then sadly and sometimes in Oilers fashion that fell apart. But I have a couple of questions. First thing is Darnell Nurse, he's a guy that makes you scratch your head sometimes because he has all these tools, he's tall, he's strong, he can skate. And you keep waiting for him to kind of show up. And I know a lot of people talk about X amount of games for a defenseman before they really reach their potential. I feel like I've seen more from Ethan Bear in terms of making plays and, and you know, making things happen than I've seen in Dar- with Darnell Nurse in a long time. Even today, I thought the game-winning goal, he was just there but not really there, if that makes sense. I, he was on for a lot of chances against and, and goals against today. And I just wonder, like, is this all we're going to get out of Darnell Nurse, or is there still more to be had? Because I've, I've yet to see it, even with all of his tools, which keep, people keep bringing up his tools, but he just hasn't really put it together. And the last question is, with your other start, I mean, I'm going to go out and say we're going to make playoffs. I mean, I might be crazy, but even, even just 500 hockey the rest of the way puts us in the mix. Do you think Holland makes a splash, makes a big trade? Because these are prime years for the kids, and you don't want to waste these years for the future. Do you think Ken Holland would do that? Uh, I don't think he would get a rental player I, this I, year. I don't think he'll get a rental because you've got Connor and Leon tied up for a number of years. They, This team has got, uh, and I know you're not a huge fan of Darnell Nurse, but he's still young. you got Ethan Bear coming up. you got Bouchard coming up. you got, was it Brody? They drafted Broberg this Broberg summer. coming up. Uh, Jones. Uh, you've got a team that is still young. You do not want to give up too much of the future for for just this year. You know, I, I I am completely against rental players. Always have been because at the end of the day, if 12 teams get rental players at the playoff deadline, only one is having success. The other 11 teams just gave part of their future away for a shot. And it's not always the team that gets the best rental that wins. And it, it never is. So uh, you can make your team better at the deadline only if you're making your team better. That's going to be going forward to the to the next year as well. I don't think Holland makes a big splash with a rental player. If he can find something that's going to make him better next year too as well, go for it. But it, the Oilers are not right now the a top contender for the Stanley Cup, I don't believe. I think in the next few years they can be. That's why you want to keep your nucleus together. All right, Jamie Benn, the game winner tonight. Let's hear from him, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. What was the feeling to score a goal after a long goal drought? Uh, I can't believe it went in. Does it lead to other things? <laughs> well, let's, let's hope so. Um, obviously, uh, nice to get that one, nice to get the win. And uh, a great battle back by our team. This whole week has been weird, just the road trip and then whatever, you know, tips or uh, t- uh, whatever money said, get confused here. Uh, and, and just, you know, I think you guys, you and Tyler, dealing with everything too, how important is it to have a game like this for both of you? And, and it seems like the whole trip has been a progress of getting better and getting out of the slump. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was blown out of proportion. It wasn't a big deal. I mean, Seggs didn't think it was a big deal. Um, just needed to play better. and. Um, you know, I thought we've, we've played pretty good hockey um, since the no big deal, whatever. So, um, you know, seven out of eight on the road. Great job, Pirate Team. Well, it's pretty amazing what the Stars have 
done the last year and a half. The not the owner, I guess the chairman calling guys out and stuff being said this year about players potentially not working hard or, or finishing their chances. They're 10-1-1 in their last 12. Well, what I hate, it's one thing for a coach or a GM to say things because they're around the team all the time. If you're outside of that, you shouldn't say things because you're not around the rink. You don't know. So uh, good on Ben and Sagan. You're a high-ranking guy second to the owner doesn't matter i mean you're maybe not publicly. some of those guys aren't hockey guys they're not hockey guys i mean look what ben and, and sagan have done for this franchise no sorry I, I disagree with what that guy came out and said i don't even remember his name i think i started with an l but i could be wrong all right we'll try to get in as many calls as we can here guys if, if you're on hold uh we may have to uh go as quick as possible here before the end of the show we have penny standing by go ahead penny hi penny are you there Okay, we may not have pennies, so we will go to the next caller on the list, and that is Ross, where there's lose 5-4 in overtime. Go ahead, Ross. Oh, Easton. Sorry, we go to Easton. Easton, are you there? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Easton. Hi. Um, I would just like to say that in, in overtime, Connor McDavid lost the game for the Oilers. Because when Leon Dreisel had the puck, Connor McDavid was wide open, and he could have had that whole left side of the ring to go up. But he didn't. But he didn't do that. He turned around, and he muffled with the puck. And he turned. He turned the puck over 18 times in that game. And like he doesn't deserve to see after that game. Like if I was the coach, I would take the C off him. Okay, come on, come on. I, I, I got. I got to dis- strip the guy of a captaincy. I got to disagree. How many, how many plays in overtime has he made for the team positively? 18 yeah, but 18 turnovers, that, that, that doesn't say captain and that doesn't say a leader for, the, for a franchise. You where, know, where are you getting 18 turnovers? In the game. In the game. I kept track. Connor McDavid had okay. in his thing, he had actually, the NHL gave him zero turnovers. Um, Connor, McDavid is, Connor McDavid is the, the best player in the world right now. If not, he's, in, he's the best player or the second best player in the world. Connor McDavid is a good leader. His players love him. His teammates love him. The fans love him. Uh, he did not lose the game in overtime. He tried beating a guy one-on-one, didn't, be, didn't beat him. Connor McDavid is, without doubt, the best overtime player in the history of the National Hockey League. You're funny. Uh, Tell me this now. If Conor McDavid is the best player in the NHL right now, mm-hmm. then why couldn't he beat that defenseman one-on-one? Well, how, how many star players score on 100% of their opportunities in the NHL? Crosby could have done it. No, he Mason, does not. Crosby. No, just Crosby scores on 100% of his opportunities. Is that what you're saying? Just ask him about her. All right. Uh, Th- thanks for calling. <laughs> Seriously, uh, that's we, we've what, honestly, a, what Reed, a way to end the show. Honestly, Reed, we've done 13 strip, years to do this. Strip Connor McDavid of the captain. That may have been he didn't score in overtime. That may have been the. I mean, it's nice that whoever he was with though tracks all the uh, the uh, giveaways. That's that's really. There's, there are a lot of things that you could talk about with the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think taking the C away from Connor McDavid is one of them. Yeah, somebody's looking too hard to find something to complain about. I think. Uh, I, there's, a, well, okay. I'll put it this way. There's 30 other teams in the National Hockey League would love to have Connor McDavid as a captain. All right. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. Thanks to Brett Holden, our studio producer, back at 630 Chet. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place. Dallas rallying to beat the Oilers 5-4 in overtime. Tomorrow morning at 9.30, countdown to kickoff, and then the Eskimos play Hamilton at 11. Morley and Dave will have the call. Our next Oilers broadcast, 7 o'clock face-off show on Tuesday, game at 8.30, as they visit the San Jose Sharks.
Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.